Hi, this is David Douglas, Managing Director of EBO at the Digital Agency. EBO are the proud sponsors this year of Radio Molly and Molly's Digital Programme. So you uh, you're very welcome to Molly. My name is Simon O'Connor. I'm the director here uh, at the museum. We're delighted to be hosting uh, this evening's lecture by Aideen Nahirni. Uh, and we'd like to thank Aideen and our friends in the Folklore of Ireland Society for bringing this event to the museum. Uh, back in February 2019, uh, about six months before we opened uh, here, we launched a radio station for the museum, which was... Um, inventively called Radio Molly. And, uh, and that launch in this building featured a number of young folk musicians, folklorists, uh, and spoken word artists. And it was a small, I suppose, statement of intent for us um, as our first, actually our first little piece of public programming, um, that we wouldn't simply be a museum uh, of literature that focused on well-known literary giants. Um, it was important for us that we would seem to be a, a welcome space for, um, for folk as well as book lore, for the oral tradition, for the spoken word, uh, and for the sung story. And not just actually in the English language, of course, my colleague, uh, Professor Margaret Kelleher, who's the Chair of Anglo-Irish Literature and Drama at UCD, uh, enjoys telling the story of the exhibition design company who worked on the museum in the early days, um, asking us what our key assets were for display. And Margaret's response was, 1,500 years of storytelling in two or more languages. Um, we recently presented an exhibition on Peg Sayers and the Blasket storytelling tradition um, in collaboration with the National Folklore Collection in, uh, in UCD. I'm delighted actually to see Christor here this evening um, and Anna, who's uh, retired, but who worked with us on that as well. Um, the exhibition is still running below, in the room below us here for the next few weeks. It finishes up just at the end of February. So do, uh, we switched it on this evening actually, so you could have a look, but uh, do try and catch a glance of it on your way out. Um, uh, the text of the exhibition was very uh, kindly um, written by Eilish Nguina and explored not just Peg, uh, of course, but the, the work of folklorists from, uh, from home and abroad in protecting and progressing that legacy uh, over the years. And it struck me during the research period for that um, exhibition how much of that activity was taking place um, both in and proximate to these buildings here. So I hope that with the establishment of, uh, of Molly, that folklore activities once again have a friendly home on St. Stephen's Green. A little housekeeping just before we start off, if you wouldn't mind turning off uh, the old mobile phones. Um, uh, we have a 25% off uh, our membership for all attendees to the event this evening. So you can buy that either at the front desk if you're interested or at molly.ie if you use the, the promo code INISH, uh, INIS, um, and you can get 25% off memberships. Um, after the lecture, we'd be delighted if you could join us for a drink uh, in the saloon um, behind us. That sounds a lot less elegant um, than it actually is, um, but do join us afterwards. Um, uh, and in the meantime, uh, please join me now in welcoming the President of the Folklore of Ireland Society, Eilish Nguina. Thank you. So, Gormila Mahagut, Simon, Agus Fulcher, Gala, Rover Fad, Kigan Lech, Kate Lech, the Plena, Govilis, Sophia Tree. 
Farmid Folche, Rivan Arach, Legend Kind, Oxen Coralohar, Fuin Ele Brida, Erinish Fan, O M A G Ni Hirni, Agus Burkas O Creed, the Simon O'Connor, Agus Cholaki, Benedict Shepherd Connolly, Agson Irener Fad Mali, a Corononad Untukshaw, Er Fall Dun Enoch, Agus, you know, Gakrod Ella. St. Bridget's Day, as you know, is a day of new beginnings, the end of winter, the beginning of spring, the season of growth, starting, and a lot of the traditions associated with St. Bridget, with St. With Bridget's Day are, um, you know, about blessing the crops, um, blessing the cows so they give more milk, um, ensuring fecundity and um, flourisha, um for, 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 the, for the season, for, the, for this season that's, that's, that's just starting. So it's very appropriate that we are having our lecture today because it's an important day for the folklore of Ireland society. It is a beginning. It's actually our first live lecture in three years. I can hardly believe that. We, um, the, from the start of the pandemic until now, we have been online only with our lectures. So from now on, we'll have live lectures. We'll continue some of the Zoom ones because there are benefits to that as well. But it's really fabulous to, you know, to be having a real live lecture in a beautiful place. And it's historical for another reason, as Simon um, alluded to, um, for decades, I don't think from 1927, when the Folklore of Ireland Society was founded in January of 1927, this is the time of year it all started, um, I'm not, I don't think they met um, in Newman House um, on Monday nights from the very beginning, but they have for decades and decades and decades done that. Certainly when I started coming to Folklore of Ireland Society lectures, in the 1970s, right through the 70s and 80s, the lectures were always here in one of these big rooms. Not, well, they didn't look as grand then, they were kind of a little bit more. <laughs> Some people, there are other people here who remember that, but they were pretty grand enough, the high ceilinged rooms. Um, but since the 90s, I think, the Society has been meeting out in Belfield and in recent years before the Zoom um, in the National Library of Ireland. But it feels like a homecoming to be back here in Newman House, Molly, as it now is um, for tonight's lecture. So, Gormila Mahagut, Benedict, Simon, and so on, and everyone for, for making this possible. And yeah, it would be great if, as Simon said, we could keep up the connection with this side of Stephen's Green, where, of course, you know, 84 was the commission, the Irish Folklore Commission right next door. So, um, so tonight's speaker is Aideen Lee Hearney. Aideen is a writer and broadcaster and sometime lecturer and teacher. Um, you'll know her, I think, from the, RT, the fa fabulous RTE series um, of last year, Fave Law, um, where she explored Ireland's nature and folklore and biodiversity around the country. Aideen was born in Enniscorthy. She has a first-class BA in Gaelga from the University of Limerick and a first-class MA in Irish Folklore Studies from um, University College Dublin, where, in fact, I had the pleasure of, well, teaching of giving some seminars to her and her classmates, um, a couple of seminars um, for the MA uh, in not so long ago, actually. Yeah, yeah, 2021. Um, 
Like a lot of graduates in folklore studies, I think Aideen is quite adventurous, and um, she lives on, even though she's from Enniscorthy, she's now living on Inishman, and um, uh, has been doing so for a few years. And she's carried out extensive research in Inishman on um, the celebration of Fela Brida, St. Bridget's Day there. So I give you Aideen Lee Herney. and thank you all so much for being here and bums on seats are such a joy to see, as Eilish said, after a few years of not having anything like it. So, as per my introduction, my name is Aideen Nihirnig. We'll start our lecture tonight, as I have done in Irish. I will deliver the lecture through English. However, I have left my source material, Ask Gilgamer, and Trochtas Arinime, my thesis on Inishmeon, and all my, my fieldwork was conducted through Irish, so I felt it would be more in keeping with the topic to leave it in the in the original language and we'll translate as we go if that's okay. So Gana Hillam Willa, as we say, off we go to Inishmion. So Sulladusium Wid, out of interest, could I have a law of a suis for anyone in the room who has actually been to Inishmion? Hi! Okay, great. So take a glory a willagesh leshanilon. Most of you will well lots of you will understand a lot about the island, um, but for those of you who don't, we'll give a little background to it. So Inishmion is the middle island of the three Aran Islands off the coast of County Galway. We have Inishir, which is the east island, Inishmore, the large one, then Inishmion, the middle island. It's all very simple. The population currently stands at around 140 people, so it's the least populated of the three Aran Islands, which certainly lends something to its character. It's quite known for knitwear, for farming traditionally, um, for fishing, although there's not a lot of fishing going on at the moment, and tourism too. But, I mean, really, tourism and Inishmion, there isn't a whole lot of it. And a lot of what we'll talk about tonight is Inishmion's unique landscape and how that has affected its people, its culture, and everything like it. So we'll see a lot of it, and we'll talk about it now. But to give a quick anecdotal introduction, they talk about the tourist season in the Aran Islands, and they say, generally... On Inishmore, in the high season, you'll get around 2,000 people a day off the boats onto the island. Onto Inishmore, then, you have about 1,000 people, even though it's the smallest island. They're not able for it at all. There's no water for them. Dreadful stuff altogether. But we have our 2,000 on one, 1,000 on the other, per day. And then the saying goes that on Inishmore, every day, about 12 people get off the boat. And it's true, like, I've been there this summer, and you'd be kind of seeing them with the clicker and iron ferries, and it seems pretty correct to me. So it's quite remote, is Inishmion, and it's really beautiful. It's also known for Gaeilge for as long as anyone can remember when people have been going to learn Irish. Like as you'll see downstairs, people often, scholars, took to the Blaskets, and if they couldn't get to the Blaskets, they went to Inishmion. So anyone who has been there maybe has seen what they call Tach Sing now, or otherwise known as Ulskul na where you had people like Yeats, Porik Pierce, 
The best of the best went to Inishmian to learn their Gaelga, and John Millington Singh, of course, is another very famous learner of Irish who came to Inishmian because it was considered to be the best Irish that was to be got, if you believe that. Um, it's also famed these days, and something that's very close to my own heart, for flora and fauna. Flowers in the island are just beautiful, although they don't call them blohana, actually, they call them the pauser, the pauser, their unique word for it. And it's, again, all tied in with the landscape. The fact that the island is so cut off from the rest of the world makes it a sanctuary for flora, fauna, folklore, everything. It's quite remote from the outside world and it gets a great result. So, moving on. So a couple of quotes that reflect this. One from John Millington Singh, of course, a famous playwright who wrote Playboy of the Western World, which was actually inspired by Inishmion. Story for another day, we won't get into it. You can look it up yourselves. I have decided to move on to Inishmion, where Gaelic is more generally used and the life is perhaps the most primitive that is left in Europe. We'll see this theme coming up again and again. Then Moorish Machanil in 1999. Time has passed, nothing has changed. Inishmion, the Middle Island, is in many ways the one whose social and economic structures sow the greatest continuity with the past. I particularly like this bit. So this is from the Irish Times in 1973 when rural electrification was happening. Two of the three Aran Islands are leaving the candle and paraffin age. In a few weeks, in a year, the smallest of the three will be switched on. And next year, Inishmore will follow. Inishmion apparently wants to live in the old way. At least the inhabitants so far have not done anything about amps and kilowatts. Again, the theme continues. A little bit resistant to change. So this is a short documentary. We're just going to look at maybe a minute or so of it. It was made by a man called Chris Rodmel in 1972, even though it went out on the BBC in 1975. He was a student studying journalism at the time, and he received a grant to create a documentary about a remote, enclosed community. So the brief was something like maybe a prison. And he thought, what about an island off the coast of Ireland? So he came to Inishmion and made this video, which is actually a terrific example of um, life in the Iron Islands, Lanco. Enjoy. So as I say, we'll just listen to a little bit. Strong religion here. 
Now, it's a terrific little short film. I recommend you go home and watch it if you haven't seen it yourselves yet. So that's a really strong theme for what we'll discuss tonight. Obviously, we're looking at St. Bridget's Day traditions, Tradition Philip Gida, which of course are tied in with faith. And a part of the reason, and what we'll discuss a lot of tonight, is why traditions survive on Inishmion that fade away in other places. And a huge part of it, amongst other things, is the faith of the people here. And again, that faith was directly affected by the ferocity of the landscape around them, as we heard in the video there. On a cold, on a stormy night, if you get sick, your only choice was to pray, because you couldn't even get into the lifeboat, you couldn't get to the hospital. Now, it's not like that anymore. You can get a helicopter. In fact, you're much better off on Inishmion having a heart attack than you are in Littermullen or somewhere. But um, that faith has stayed with the people, and it is part of a reason that traditions like St. Bridget's Day traditions live on here. I love this quote. You know, the second bit here. I think it would be true to say that the people here have something of the same quality, that men may come and men may go, but they and their island will stand no matter what the influences which may come in. Like electricity in 1973, or other things. So my own connection with the island should probably be explained from Inishgorhi to Inishmeon. It's not a trip that many people make. So I was very, very lucky to... Um, I had one experience in the island when I was a journalist with T.G. Cahir. Um, I was sent out, and we're going to look at that first bit of work that brought me there. But the real reason I'm still on the island and that I'm here with you tonight is that I made the most terrific decision to do a master's in Bailidus with University College Dublin. And as part of that, I was even luckier to receive the Donal O'Moran Scholarship and that scholarship or bursary allowed me to travel to Inishmion for one month in 2021 to conduct fieldwork collecting stories about the St. Bridget's Day traditions. So I have to thank family, I have to thank UCD, I have to thank St. Bridget because I moved to the island after it. I had such a great time that I'm still there. So um, thanks to all involved and to Napejeed herself. <laughs> So, tonight we're going to look at some of the traditions of Felipe which exist on Inishmion, which are a little different. Some traditions are similar to other parts we can see here. St. Bridget's Cross is, oh, it's a little blurry, my apologies. But in any case, there's a number of St. Bridget's traditions all over the country. There is a variety of different traditions even on Inishmion, but tonight we're going to look at mostly the main three. So, from left to right, we'll see an huge tradition in the Bali and the Buyachan. So, Buyachan are periwinkles, and on Inishmion, the tradition on Lollipjida is to pick periwinkles and to have them for your dinner at night. We'll go into it more detail later, but you need a fuyachin. Then my favourite is the bjidog, and it's a really, really special tradition. Again, we'll delve into it, but that's our effigy of the lovely, beautiful, colourful bjidog in the middle here. And then we'll also take a quick look at the Krosoga bjida, the St. Bridget's Crosses in the island. So, Mara Hussakursi, I mentioned that I first went to Inishmion as a journalist to look at the breed. Oh, look at this. Great. So, I did, as as Eilish mentioned there, my undergrad in the University of Limerick, as part of which my course at Sorilga, we touched on a little bit of Eilidus and we had looked at Kevin Danaher's iconic The Year in Ireland. In Ireland. And I remember then when I was working as a journalist for Mulch Gael TG Cahir, which is a digital platform for Gaeltacht communities, 
that, you know, we were trying to do things for the times of the year that people from the Gaeltacht would like. And I was like, what was that thing that they used to do that was in that book that I read sort of that time, the Brie That sounded fabulous. And I took off to the canteen in TG Cahir, a wealth of information, and said, I mean, a good eye in Oitre Bay. And Dort Kupla Dinalum, oh, the Brie Joke. You have to go to Inishmion. They love that out in Inishmion. So from my ever, the Manosha, Maureen Ichinila, new Maureen Vaney, Marahukter Erhefreshen, a very well known woman, still going strong. She's full of Shanaha. She's a wonderful lady and she very kindly spent a day with me showing me how to make a bji joke. So this video is in Irish, it's subtitled in Irish, but we'll kind of discuss it again afterwards, some of the main points. Um, but really just to see what a brie joke looks like, how a person might make one, and you'll get, it's only about a minute long, we'll get a feel for it. It's a little quiet, but that's okay. It's just a quiet video. I didn't do a good job editing it. Oh, well, shin shin. So, shinny, Maureen, Agus, and she joke. Great, shinny now, that's, there's no more tricky bits. So, lovely video there. If I do say so myself, I just love looking at it now, I suppose, because I understand the background to it. And I think especially the way Maureen talks about the Brie Joke, I mean, she's a great storyteller anyway, but you can see how emotive it is for the women of Inishmion. And again, we'll be delving into that. So just a couple of points to take away from it. So, we're in an oil, of course, Mary of the Irish a very strong title for Nebjid that has a lot of significance. This is something quite interesting about the Breed Oak tradition. So things like, um, you know, when the first St. Bridget's Cross was made, we have a lot of legends about that and Breed going out and saving the man and converting him to Christianity on his deathbed. There's nothing like that on Inishmian about how the Breed Oaky came about. People will just say, Probably hundreds of years, you know, it's it's on the island for as long as anyone can remember, which is interesting in itself. The Ribini, Ribini, loads of brightly coloured ribbons, necklaces, she has to be really bedazzled, we'll talk about this again later, and the best dress that would be in the house, what you would wear going to mass on a Sunday, that's what goes on the pre-joke, and then the girl gets to wear her second best dress. 
So again, there's a couple of interesting things at play there. And then we'd be dying for the bell to ring at school, that they'd be out the gap and going around with the Bree Joke on Ich Eil Bree. So like a lot of traditions in Ireland, the Bree Jokey were celebrated on the eve of St. Bridget's Day, not on St. Bridget's Day itself, so Ich Eil Bree. And in the olden days, now they get a half day from school, so it's even more excitement, but the girls used to have to wait for the bell to ring, and then they'd be straight home, get the Bree Joke, and then going to every single house on the island to bring the Banach, the blessing of St. Bridget. So that's the Bree Joke. Now, as I mentioned, I'm here because of my thesis, which brought me to the island. And before I went out and had to decide what would I ask people and I'm conducting my fieldwork, so I kind of based it on the literature which was available beforehand. And surprisingly, there wasn't a whole lot, even though people knew about the Brijogi on Inishmian and things like that. It hadn't actually been written down. So obviously, I went to the Mecca for all things folklore and took off to the Canusach Beilidus. And the Banu Khanaskul was really an excellent resource. There were six accounts in great detail about St. Bridget's Day. And um, we'll go through some of the most interesting motifs there. Then the Pshiv Banu Khan, the main collection, and the Cartland Fuima. So there was one interesting thing in the main collection. That was all. We'll look at it again in a second. And then other sources like that Chris Rodmel video, Inish on Another Day, that's a really terrific if anyone again hasn't seen it to look at and pick it apart. Bill Doyle's book, The Iron Islands, Another World, is amazing, really amazing. Um, it's interesting, Bill Doyle came to the Iron Islands to make that book and even though there's three Iron Islands, he ended up giving two thirds of the book to Inishmihan, the smallest of the three. So there's a lot in there too. And then of course my own fieldwork um, from that time I spent with Multigale. So before we go into the Balyukhan, the skull, I kind of analysed it and looked at the main traits. So you see a lot about the Tusanarig, the coming of spring, that's in almost all of the accounts. Weather, naturally, was a huge part of it. The Bjakhira, so Bjakhira is not a saint's feast day. It's a sort of a half day off for people on the island. There was someone described it to me as, you know, if you had to fix a fence, you would. Ah, niverach ban love er Sean Knittel and Lawson. A woman wouldn't even put her hand on a knitting needle that day because that would be considered too much work. You know, you're supposed to rest on St. Bridget's Day. And actually, the church on Inishmian has an interesting story. It used to stand on one side of the road and then they knocked it down and they rebuilt it on the other side of the road where it still is today. And it was rebuilt in 1938 and they started building it on the 2nd of February. In almost because you couldn't start building on the Bjakira. Then, of course, the Bjidog and Bali and the Wiochen come up again. So we don't have a huge amount of time, so we'll just look at some of the interesting lines that come up and then we might see if they resurge again in 2021. So these, of course, are all collected by hand by school children on Inishmian in 1937 and 1938. So Tachtanarig or Lala Bjida, Tosin Nahain The birds are singing and making their nests. Being on Law Holland the stretch comes in the evening. This is an interesting kind of a shan rotis. Nave Bjid said, Gach Rala umalosa amach. So again, we can see even that's changed over time. What it actually means is gach dara law. So every second day from my day, there will be good weather. And then they say later on, St. Patrick came in and said, well, every day after my day will be better. And all of this kind of umiyacht between them. And being the hoon oiga have refreshing. The lambs start to come in the fields 
the sun will be in the sky, it's all very happy in the coming back of spring and that's very important. Then the Krusog of Jida. So, each of Jida, if you heard in a Krusog, people will be making the Krusog. And Islaha Shipin Aymid Ajainter E. So, this is probably the most interesting part of the Krusog tradition on Inishmion, is that it would be made with these two little pieces of wood, as we can see in the bottom right here. And you see this on some of the other Aran Islands too, this idea of the Ga Shipin Aymid. It was a very simplistic version of the St. Bridget's Cross compared to what you'd see in other places. Now, they do have all sorts of St. Bridget's Crosses there now. It's come in from other places too. But that would be the traditional one. We'd see La Awe of Eherita. It was thought to bring luck. You don't really hear stories of it protecting against fire or floods like you would in other places. Just Awe of Eherita, luck to be on the house. And that would be done on Ich Elvreid Freshen. Balun of Wiochen. Periwinkles here, the black periwinkles, just in case anyone else is thinking of going out picking them for the dinner. Not the grey periwinkles, you can't eat them. They're called fuyach and kapal, the horse periwinkles, non edible. So, being ahasir gachtin a togal fuyach agus barni an shin. Everyone would be happy out collecting periwinkles, and they thought that if you brought the periwinkles into the house and had them for your dinner, that you could isk farshing or fenablina, that then you would have success in fishing later in the year. So, this is a tradition that predominantly was associated with fishing families on the island, as we learn later. So we'll go on again. Then my personal favourite, on Vjidog. So being a Kalini Bugga Gimachto Hakatach, young girls, it's girls at primary school age. So as soon as you leave primary school, you're not allowed to do the Bree joke anymore. So again, that lends a lot of resonance to it. Women on the island, you'll see another quote that one of the women says, Ovi Queen at from as long as you could remember, before you could even probably remember, you'd be that young, you'd be out in the roads expected to do the pretty dog. So Kalini Yoga, they'd be dancing and singing a little song and they would get an egg or a penny in every house after they brought the blessing to the house. We can see a lovely picture there too. Being the Kalini Gemacht, Ichel Vrid, they're class, like they're so fabulous and so colourful. And we'll get into that too, how important the colours are. And again, it's all the coming of spring and brightness and happiness, lots of things like that. So, Hielog Arach, Shani Felibjid, the girls going from house to house. But not a lot of detail because, of course, there wasn't really scope in the Balyuchan, the skull for it. But we see that it was there in almost every account. It was very important. The Cartland Fuima. So, from in the Cartland Fuima in the Canusa Bailidus at the moment, there was only one account from Inishmian about St. Bridges Day, and this was it. The Bridogi will be going around. It's still there, Ervalach. This is 1978, the dance of the little girls, but I think that'll probably go to everything like that. It's on the way out, but it was nice. <laughs> so it's still going on. No need to be so groom about it. And, 1978, but it's interesting that this gentleman, when asked about Lollabjid on the island, the Bjidog, it's the first thing that springs to people's mind. Nothing else was mentioned. This was all that was said about Lollabjid. Then there's this very mysterious page, <laughs> the only page I could find after a full day going through all the manuscripts. Even though there was a lot of folklore collected on Inishmion and the Iron Islands, I suppose it all focused a lot of it focused on so place names, Pishoga, things like that, and also um, things like working on the sea, the traditional farming methods. That seemed to be the focus. And the only thing I could find, despite the great work that was done by Kieran Barred and Stiermadog Yolanaga Shosis Macon and a couple of other people, this page was the only thing I could find about the Pshidog or Lana Brigida. Naposhi, so Lana Gapri, that's another child's tradition. And then 
Law on Redog, blank. <laughs> so, not a lot to work with, but also kind of encouraging, you know, that I was going to go off and maybe fill a few pages myself. So then we come to kind of more recent times, and these photos from Bill Doyle, I just think they're the most amazing thing. How did he get there and just immediately understand exactly what was important about this tradition? So this picture on the left, I'm going to wax lyrical about later. But here on the right, I just think the symbolism, you know, of the girls and the brie between them, you know, it's one brie between two girls usually, and the way they're facing into the light and the shadow coming behind them, and that's, you know, the whole idea. It's the coming of light, you're back to the darkness, the spring is here, and the colours and the joy and the youth of it all. I just think it's a splendid photo. Um, and I would tell Bill Doyle myself only for, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but his work is really terrific, and I was very, very lucky to have it to help me with my studies. So you can kind of understand, in a way, the lack of material collected on the topic because of how inaccessible the island was. We, told, we spoke already about the ferocity of the landscape. I mean, until the 1990s, there wasn't even a pier on Inishmael. They were still using the old Neavena, which was the ferry that had to come in, and then you had to go in Curragh the rest of the way. And even transporting cattle like that, it was, it was crazy stuff. And even between the islands, because Inishmael is in the middle, the two sounds, as they're called, on either side are really perilous waters with extremely dangerous currents. So you'd imagine that the islanders would be hopping from one island to the other, and it just didn't really happen. And if you examine the Baluconda skull records, for instance, for Inisir and Inishmoor, you can see like the accounts just don't match up. Each island had its own traditions. And again, it's all because of the landscape. But the reason maybe that the Bjidogi weren't covered and Lollabrida didn't receive a lot of attention was weather is really bad at the end of January. You know, even nowadays, when there's air roaring and iron ferries, the boat often doesn't go for a couple of days at the time. So it makes sense. And actually, Chris Rodmel, who made the, the video we watched at the start, I found him on the internet and emailed him. and was like, hi, I'm doing some research on Inishmeon. Did you ever look into the Brijogi? And he said he was aware and had hoped to photograph the giving of the dolls. Unfortunately, never had an opportunity in February. Not easy to travel to the island. So that kind of supports that theory. Also, it was very nice of him to get back to me. Also, something that's widely regarded in folklore all over the world is a lack of collection, collection of folklore of women's folklore, especially Ban Hyanahus. And this seems to definitely have been at play here too, because in Ireland, traditionally, all the, all the full-time folklore collectors, of course, were male. And as we see here from Jordan and Calic, the gender of the folklore field worker influences what he or she looks for. And until recently, most field workers were male. So even in Baluhon Skull, the moon tour in Inishmion was a male teacher. Most of the teachers that helped out in Baluhon Skull were male. That had to have a naturally, probably a subconscious impact, but maybe it, re it makes us have a little less um, information about female traditions. And also, you know, people on Inishmion, male or female, but specifically the women, if a man was coming in those times, they're very private people. And they're not going to be jumping out of their way to speak to someone and say, let me tell you about me and my pretty dog. You know, so if a direct question wasn't raised, it was something that maybe wouldn't come up. So it's an interesting point to consider. Now, this is a marvellous piece of audio. I lied, there is another link. <laughs> <laughs> so 
This archival um, programme was put together by Seamus O'Sconlon called Naib Jeed Mwira Nanuel and it was aired last St. Bridget's Day on Radio Nagoya And what had I missed in my research but the amazing resource that is the Radio Nagoya archive. And at the very start of this, actually it's it, I had it there for, for something, um, is a little girl from Enishmeon talking about the Bjidog. And it's just an absolutely terrific account. So I think it's from 2016. And as it happens, Gronya, who is the little girl in this, she's not a little girl anymore, she was in 2016, was actually one of my interviewees. So she's in it on the double now. That's lovely. Just adorable. And it's the most comprehensive description of exactly what goes on on the night of Ichiel Vjida. And of course, we get a lovely song at the end of it too, which, I don't know, do you know that song, Kanamish Khachavrid? It's a hymn and even, like, really encapsulates what it's about too. Like, Kranis Bloy Fosarit, you know, the trees and the flowers growing again, we sing to you, St. Bridget. Oh, it's a beautiful song, and that's the the local primary school singing it. So, Gronya, as she says here. So, of course, we hear about the Daranon tea, which we saw from Maureen Ikenina. So, the Daranon tea is the, the straw that was gathered and made into a Daranon and then dressed with the Eidach Bon, the white sheet. Then you get the Maja. So, the Maja, Maja is a stick, and it's funny. They'll all, all the Inishmael people say, they'll say, Maja cost brush. The stick of the leg of a brush. So, Maja brush. And I was thinking, what, what is this Irish word? No, it's a brush. Um, and then the, the brush goes through it and you have the two little hands and then you dress her up and then you draw on the face and then you put on her clothes. And even I think that's lovely. You put her clothes on her. It's, no, it's not it, you know, it's a little she. And you put on the ribbons. Because of course the krish is the, 
the traditional belt of Inishmion, so that's what the ribbony kind of were designed to be like, the very colourful Chris. And um, brochney, loads of brooches, and two girls going together. She goes with her sister. And this thing again, you'll hear it again and again. Every single house these little girls would visit. And Goodenwood, we pray, we give the blessing of Navejeet. And what we didn't see in any of the Ballycon the Skull collections, which is interesting, is the Banacht, which is what it's all about. Could you hear there, they were kind of dancing? So they do like a little hop where Kali Nawan, Kali Nella, and the Pajido between them, three I should say, dancing together, the Pajido gets included, and they do like a kind of a hop forward, hop back. There's no steps or anything, or if there ever was, the steps have been lost. But they hop back and forth and say the prayer, Mwiret Samak, so Holy Mary and her son, Bjid is a brat, Bjid is a brat, Breed and her brat breed it, different tradition, no time for that today. And then Mos Fjord, Tasha Benacht, Gamashacht, Fjord, Aveshev, Blian, Oenacht. So that's a really common motif you'll see in a lot of the traditions about St. Bridget's Day all over the country, whether it's the Kshisbjid in Connemara, which is the, it's different, it's kind of, um, a belt or a loop made of woven straw, different tradition again, or the Bjapjida. You hear a lot of this Mos Fjord, Tasha Benacht, Gamashacht, Fjord, Aveshev, Blian, Oenacht. If you're well tonight, that you may be seven times more well a year from tonight. So that was your blessing that would keep you safe until the next year. So my own field work, as I mentioned, I was there for a month on Inishmion, I was very lucky, and I collected 20 interviews, 18 of which I conducted, and two which I was very lucky to get from a lovely lady on the island called Orla Vranach, who is, was, a, she's just retired, was a teacher in the primary school, and just did marvellous work collecting folklore and putting the kids, sending them home for their homework. Kirkester the Wamo, Kirkester the Yado, and everything was collected and they have piles of stuff in the school and scrapbooks and it's marvellous. And Orla had done two interviews herself with her mother-in-law who had passed away since, but she would be 102 or 103 and um, with her husband as well. So they, they were now incorporated and they've been given into the folklore um, collection too. So seven men and 13 women when I went first, I was looking at all the traditions. I didn't know was I going to focus just on the breed oak. I said, I get, I'll get it all and then I'll see what jumps out. And towards the end, I kind of felt the breed oak was jumping out and so I should speak to more women. So that's why it's a little bit cleantha. And then a difference of age groups from their youngest was 23 and then um, would be 101. And then, as I said, my questions were kind of based around the motif seen in Body Hondeskull and others. So I mightn't go through all these slides because time is ticking, but we'll look at some of the most interesting themes and some new themes that came from my own research. So we divvied them up and straight away out of my 20 things, we can see that 19 of my interviews give talked about the breed oak. Next most strong was the crossoga, the crosses, then the periwinkles, then the beginning of spring, and then some others, which we will get into. But those are our main ones. So two scenario, again, is still hugely important. The beginning of spring, and I love the start of it. It was inspired the title of this talk tonight. Nave jeed ban reen an ari. Nave ban reen an ari a hugti urha. She's hugistach an tarach an seizor. She was the queen of the spring, St. Bridget. This is from Kieran Vaney. Kieran Vaney is actually the brother of... Maureen Ichnila, who we saw making the Daranon, and is full of stories in Shanahas, and he's excellent, really, especially for things like that to do with farming um, and the kind of male traditions. So he had 
stories like that, more to do with the land. So that was very interesting. And then Dochus, so the idea of hope coming with the start of spring. So it was the start of spring and things were growing again. And I suppose it was a type of time that gave people courage and raised people's hearts. And when you're young, you don't understand that so much. But now that I'm older, I understand the darkness of winter and everyone is looking forward to the spring again. The day is getting longer. It was a great raise for the heart. And then again, after the dark winter, somewhere as remote as Inishmion, that it really is a bigger deal to the people, something like a festival, like Lala Prida. And again, we have some of the Shannon so we see our old friend, Gach Ain Daralaw Malosa Amach, lived on till 2006. And then this one is lovely as well. Olo Bjidamach, been the Haina Dane and Yad, been the queer of Brahanuan, August been the Hoon, a dull in yard. A few people had that, which is a lovely phrase. So from St. Bridget's Day, the birds are making the nests, the sheep are having their lambs, and the lambs are getting stronger by the day. So it's a lovely one as well. Then we have our Krasoga. So this is quite interesting. It used to be traditionally men who would make the crosses. That was something that hadn't come up before. Even though the Kippi and I would, let's say, the old wooden cross, kind of curious because there are no trees in Inishmion because the wind is atrocious, so they don't grow. So things like that, finding pieces of wood, it was hard to come across. Then you would make the cross and stick it up into the rafters. And then similarly to other places, you could guess the age of houses by the amount of crosses up in the rafters. What was interesting as I went around asking about the crosses was that compared to any of the other traditions, there was such variety. You think in one island with a teeny weeny population, they'd have one cross and they'd be grand, you know? <laughs> but as we see here, Maggie Ihona, so this is, um, the lady who would be 102 now, but has since passed away. Her is so cute listening to this interview because it's her little granddaughter asking her the questions. And she said, not at all. I didn't know what a crossbreed was until I saw, a St. Bridges cross was until I saw Breed Lynch's family doing it. So there was a family on the island who were completely unaware that something like that existed. You know, they just didn't have it in the houses because... Again, oh, I should have said this maybe earlier. Because of the terrible weather, there was no priest on Inishmion a lot of the time. So the people were very independent in their faith. They would have said the rosary. They would have had special prayers for getting up in the morning, having your breakfast, lighting the fire, cleaning the fire, washing your teeth, everything. You know, kind of faith was in the home. And so the St. Bridges Cross was also in the home and that left room for more variety. So from one family, who had no cross to this family on the other side of the island who had two different types of crosses. So here we had only one um, mention of an crossach, so that's the three-cornet, three-cornet, three-legged St. Bridget's cross, which she said was for animals and that that was specific to go up in the crow, so where the animals would stay, that would be the three-legged St. Bridget's cross and then the four-legged cross was for people, and that she got that story from her father, who was from the west of Inishmion. And the people really believed in the, in the ability of the cross to heal animals who were sick. So that was really interesting, hadn't popped up anywhere before. What else is quite new is that now, it's changed completely. So the cross now is made in school. 
like it is in so many places across the country, and it has been quite standardised to what they call, and what we see no doubt a lot of the time is the RTE cross, as they call it, the um, four-legged cross. And they have a special mass, and all the crosses are blessed and then brought home, and people say that's where the power comes from, even though this is only brought in the last 10 years. So it's interesting how people's mindset has changed around the Corsoga Brida. So these quotes, again, are just saying that it was never made in the school before, but now the tradition is that it's made in the school. So this Crossog Imwich, I was mad to find one when I went out because, of course, everything in the Ballyhun school was telling me, go hippie Imwich, go hippie Imwich. And everywhere I went, I'd be saying, do you have a St. Bridget's Cross? And it was, do you want one out of rushes? No, 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 go hippie Imwich. Out of straw, is it? No, 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 go hippie Imwich. Slot the Sally. No, no, no. Anything to be said for two little crosses. And I wasn't getting anywhere couldn't find one because, of course, they had all been in the thatched houses and the thatch isn't really on the island anymore and anything that had been thatched was thatched new and there was none of these crosses to be found. It was quite disheartened until I paid a visit to my neighbour, Padre Moore, O'Connell, and I popped into him and like this, I was talking to him and saying, you know, Aberdeenfwyn across over and he actually made all the other crosses these ones here, he makes the crosses now. So this one here will be called a single day, so God's eye. And that's made out of willow. And then this is the traditional one, also made out of willow. And then this beauty here is what we're coming to. So I said, are you sure now? With the quinta curvation, a cross oak. He's like, oh, yeah, that's the one, that's the one. And I said, are you sure there wasn't another one? He said, no, no, should they a cross oak, should they a crushing? And I said, are you sure there wasn't one? Don't just go hippie now. And I went like this, you know, my head says, oh, ta, ta. Sure isn't the shed out the back full of them. So then he took off going out the shed anyways here. And you can see it's absolutely fallen to bits. And we got in and looked up. And the whole roof was covered in these wee little crosses. You know, I've been looking the whole time. Oh my God, it was elation. I was so excited. And then it was complete panic because he was like, do you want one? I said, no, leave them where they are. I'll take a picture. He said, there's so many of them. And he reached up and he grabbed one and he dragged it out of the wall and gave it to me. So that's why I have it in there in my hand. And it had been up in the rafters so long that when he pulled it out, the nail actually rotted, just went to dust. I thought, oh my God, history is ruined. But in any case, we got a nice close-up then. So he had made all of these little crosses. And I said to him, you know, where did you get the, the wood for it? Because there wasn't any trees growing on the island. And what he says here, oh, in the Pishini Imad, Yawa, Era Gladach, Eid. So you'd be looking out for little bits of Imad Raka and it should be kept and he'd whittle them down and make the little cross. And as he says here, oh, the intention, long hope. The shed would be full of them. Every house, again, this, every house would be coming down with them. You had to put up a cross on Ikea Eol Sheed. So that was a big, big excitement part of my fieldwork, if not the most exciting part. Now, the Fuyahan. So the Fuyahan, as we say, there isn't any massive tradition with them, except this idea that on Lala Bajida, you would go out, collect them, bring them home, Boil them, fry them up, have them for your supper. And they were lovely. That was it. In some places, you see a lot of things about, um, oh, you'd bring in the eesk the bio, they call it the live fish, and scatter to the four corners of the house, and that would ensure your fishing luck for the year. 
And I had read it so many times that I said it to people, would you, would you put the, the periwinkles in the four corners of the house by any chance? And they looked at me, every single one of them, like I had four heads. They were like, Tigger, why would you do that, you know? And that's a big part of it, I suppose, in Inishmael. Like, they're not going to do anything that doesn't make sense. Why would you put perfectly good food, you know, in the four corners of the house? No, you eat the periwinkles. Nach Which you could Um So again, these are all different ways of just describing how to cook them up and yeah, eat them with a little safety pin. And again, we see her. Shinan Thama just na hiskari or fad na gurachi gimachinal luck. Oh, so the fishing would start up again. It was a lucky thing to do to kind of celebrate the first fresh bit of fish in the year. Another thing that's quite significant is that longer ago, they would have been relying on barnig, so um, barnacles, shall we say, as the first bait. And then the second bait, or the proper bait that would come in that was any good, was the fuyachan. So when the fuyachan came back, that would be your first bit of bait, then you'd catch a little fish. Then you'd be able to use that to catch a bigger fish, and the whole cycle started again. So getting your first periwinkle was actually reason for celebration and a tasty supper with flour and potatoes. So then the bridogi. So the bridog, the way I I did all transcriptions for all of my interviews took me a very long time and I kind of divvied them up into the different themes and then I had to make a whole new spreadsheet for the bridogi because there was so much going on, you know, and I just loved it, every part of it. But one of the things that always comes up, the most important thing is on Fadjer and Vanacht, the blessing is at the centre, the heart of everything. So this is just going through it again. And then Shinia Fadjer, Tainti Ohluin, Gugluin. This is the blessing. It goes from generation to generation. And I love this line. Vishashin Ereveil Chalakalin Bug Efosus Erinilon. That was on the mouth of every little girl growing up on the island. You know what it still is. And it's just I suppose I can hear these ladies in my head saying it and the way they say it and how much it means to them and the pride that goes with it as well. So I guess it means a little more. Also, this is Grania, who we would have heard on Radio Quaid. And I'm not so sure she'd be very impressed if she knew I was pointing her out. In any case, so this is another description of something that's really important. It's the colour and the bling of the bridogi. So I'm not sure if you've ever seen pictures of bridogs in other places. Even if you ever see a photo of um, a bridogi in a seer, it's not as big a tradition there, but they do have them. And they're white, white as anything, top to bottom, not a speck of colour. And there's other rhymes like, oh, and the bridog dressed in white, all this stuff. No, 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 no. Big no, no one in Ishmael. It's how much colour can we get on this? Um, so we have Maureen and Data. Bridog Bling official title. So we'd have a brooch, and the brooch was important because the women on the island traditionally would wear a brooch in those days. Similarly, the little girls wore ribbons, so the Bridog wore ribbons, and the best dress that she have again will be on the Bridog, and that she would be happy looking and tiring that she would kind of bring joy, that she would be good looking. And um, I mean, like, look at all of the stuff where you'd be, they'd be collecting it the whole year around. They'd say, mjall necklaces, agus pearls, a heap of necklaces. One necklace would not do as many as you could get on her as possible. So I reached on Vanach, that father, fear, fear, especially for the older people. The older people would give a little kiss 
to the brie dog and they'd rub themselves off the brie dog and they'd rub the ribby knee and they believed that that would, that same Bridget would then um, protect the whole house. So this is a beautiful, really beautiful photo. And we can see this is a lady in the traditional dress at the island. She's giving the brie dog a little rub. And just the sincerity of it, you know, this, it was really believed. It wasn't, it's so different to something like, even though the girls, I should say as well, we mentioned that they arrived, they say the blessing, and they used to get long ago, an egg, maybe a few eggs, or a pingan. Now they get lots of pingany. Um, so they do get quite a bit of money out of it. Now it's a fair industry because there's so few girls going around with the brie jokey, but you couldn't compare it to something like trick-or-treating because they're not just going looking for something. It's seen that the girls and the brie joke, they are bringing the most important thing to the house. And as well, the people then kind of thought, because Najib would give to the poor, by showing that you would give something, you would be, by being generous, you would bring generosity back on yourself. There's all levels of that going on behind it too. So, they'd be waiting for you. The door would be open. People loved it because you were bringing them breeds blessing. So that, I don't think I understand at the time, this idea of the door would be open. Like I mentioned before, traditionally and still today, they're very private people. So it's, it's not like in your local estate where people be popping in and out to each other in the back doors. People are quite private. You, wouldn't, you might live beside someone for 20 years and never be in their kitchen, you know? So this idea of the girls with the brie joke having kiadistach into every house and the door would be open for them, it was like really unusual and I suppose brought a kind of um, another special element to kind of like a time out of time. This was an unusual happening, um, the magic of the pre-dog, shall we say. And then this is just loads of ways of saying they all had a great time. So we re-rob went let. It was loads of crack. It was very special um, adventure of Eon, you know, and getting the bit of money and having the day off of school and the fact that it was just for the girls, you know, that that made it a little bit more special for the Kalini too. And again, similar thing. Another part of it that's quite interesting is, even though it's such fun, there's quite, um, quite a responsibility on the young girls of Inishmion to go around with the Bajidog because especially of the, um, the Laidu, Sedana, the decline in the population, there are so few girls now on the island, which means there are so few Bajidogi and the very real possibility that maybe there won't be any. So, if you missed a house, it's, it's worse than anything. You know, it's a real, you, the girls from a very young age understand that it's their responsibility, that it's more than them, what they're doing. They, it's to bring this banach, it's like a noble quest almost, you know, it's bigger than anything. So, and that's so true. Like, I'm supposed to be teaching an Irish class in the island next Tuesday, which is going to be Ichiel Reid. I'm like, well, we have to cancel it because people won't like to be out of the house for an hour in case the girls come at that time and then they'd miss the brie jogi. It's, you know, you'd miss the blessing and it's, it's quite serious. And even the girls saying here, so, um, wind or gales wouldn't stop us from going to every house on the island. You know, they really do take it seriously. It's very special. So that's, again, it's similar just talking about 
how low the um, the population is. If someone wasn't in and they missed you, they'd be really upset. And in a way, we feel a little pressure on that on that day that you really have to get to every house. And um, this little girl, she was only four and a half, and on her second house, she twisted her ankle, and her poor mother had to carry her to each house because she couldn't go home without doing them all, mammy. You know, people would be disappointed. So even from a young age, they understand their noble duty to bring banacht vjid ohakatah. So changes over the years, I suppose. This Grani Ichnila, shall we say, Grani Ichnila, I've been talking about Grani a lot. She's only 24 now, but when she was going with Bridog, she would have been walking from every single house. So that was around 2009, 2010, not that long ago. And it could take them seven or eight hours. And the people who've been to Inishmion take a shift full of hills. You'd be wrecked, like, especially if you had little legs and you're carrying this breed oak the same size as you. Um, so they're not as tough now, they get a lift. And you can see them, they're piled into the back and the colours and the excitement of it all um, is still there. And as I mentioned, the, the, the value of the couple of pingin has increased significantly too. So Tamiela Ahani Conkeen, Two other things that came up. One was, again, this idea of Mwira Nanoyal. And I should say, before I was going out to, one thing that was kind of, shall we say, it was on my mind, was like, but why? Why do the people in Anishmian have this connection with Naivjid? Because there isn't like, you know, how many Tubber Vjida are all around the country? There's the same bridge as well, everywhere. None to be had in Anishmian. So I was like, okay, it's not that. And there's no story to say she ever visited the island or anything. So I was like but why? You know, she's big everywhere, but why in Ishmael? So I was curious to find out, and it seems to be this idea of Mwira Ninoel. They have loads of stories about it on the island. Well, a few stories. So, the Bdeed, Kjapiva An War Lemwirjit. This is a legend on the island that Breed and Holy Mary were BFFs. And that they were best friends, be on Kara Ismu, Avi Egemaijan, Mwira. And while Holy Mary was in heaven, Nave Bjeed was her girl on the ground. And they were thick as thieves. And that's why she was given the title, Mwira Nanoel. Mwira Nanoel, Nave Bjeed, she was in second place after Holy Mary. She was a sort of go-between. I love this. She had a direct line to God. So, and also at the bottom here, we can see, you know, that she on Lornach, Sail And she was, because she was Irish, you know, she understood the life of an Irish girl growing up in Ireland, and also she had the direct contact to God. So people could just connect with her, especially women, on a different level. And these extra stories in Anishmael added to that. And then we cracked it because I heard all about the Ilaracht to die Rida, Akunte on Chlor. So there is no Tubber Rida on the Aran Islands, but they all used to row over to County Clare, to Liscanner. Um, fabulous place, one of the most visited St. Bridges Wells in the entire country and I popped down because I had to see what all the fuss was about and I couldn't believe it because as you'll see on the sign there, in the first three lines, St. Bridges Well, Liz Canner, we'll see here, the Aran Islanders had a deep attachment to this place. So no mention of the local people, you know, this was a well that the Aran Islanders made a special pilgrimage to and um, that came up an awful lot that there used to be a yearly trip to what was called Daivjita Agunta on Chlor. Um, in more recent years, they would get a special ferry from Doolan Ferries, would cut them a deal, and they'd all go over and have a whale of a time. But before that, people would actually row over in the Curroughs to Liscanner. So it's going on a long time. There was a lot of stories 
about, as we see here, drop fluor in a new posh to teen, a sick child, maybe someone would do a trip in honour of the sick child, and then when they were cured, when they were cured, not if, then the child would have to go and do their own pilgrimage and say thank you and take a bit of water and so on. And I love this too. We dive into Ernusa's story on Mecca. Going to Ernusman. And then we have I love this word, meal. I never heard it before in Ernusman. It means like heaps, loads. We have meal, Loads of bottles of holy water. You'd think the well was empty after they came home. So, dive reader, cracked it. Now, Cain Fall, Gwilym Vredog, whole larger folks, because even more so than the other traditions, which are still talked about, the Vredog is what really gets people excited. And there's a couple of reasons that I deduced in my thesis for why she exists and why she has been more successful. Than other. So, she's a symbol of hope. And as I mentioned again, just this absolutely cruel landscape um, that even in this day and age with all our electricity and home comforts, winter on an island off the coast of Ireland is harder than in other places. And so, when the spring comes, it means more. And especially something that's so unique and so. Um, special to the islanders in their own community and so full of joy and excitement and so unusual, you know, the little girls themselves being, it's just infectious, you know. So that's part of the reason why it would be more, um, more strong than in other places. And then also, the Breedog is a symbol of growing up as a girl on Inishmion. And this came up again and again. There's a lovely phrase about it we look at now in a moment. And it's, it's the heritage and the um, identity of being a woman from Inishmion that really stays with the women who grow up there. And of course, they then are in charge of passing it to the next generation. So actually, even though it seems to have been a blip in the literature, because it maybe could have been forgotten because of Ban Shanahus, it was the fact that it was Fuihurim the man, because the women were passing it to each other, that it stayed and that it stuck, possibly. What do I know? And then the last thing is called what I would call Roll in the Himmerhess, so the play element, the fun associated with it. So a couple of um, couple of more quotes here. So Bavehus and Arge was the start of spring, things were growing, like we said. We saw this at the start too, just to see it again. People Hearts were raised about the Bree joke. And then at the end here too, we see the ribbons and the colours. They were all associated with the beginning of a new era, the kind of um, you know, a new start and growth again, especially for people, farmers after a long um, winter. Then the Feinulach, I love this as well. Nilain Halin Bug as Inishmion is Kamakaina to Wilshith Erin Down, Agsid Foster, Nachguinian Erin Okot, Special Tashin, Agas a Stoy Gulmud Brodul, Ervalach Gulla Tradashun Bio, is Porti Yan Fainu Lachshin, and Munyan Levehid Halin as Inishmion, Agas the Hud Ayenev. So no matter where a girl from Inishmion goes when she grows up all over the world, she'll never forget that special occasion and the pride that the tradition is still going, it's part of the identity from being a girl in Inishmion and doing your part. Isn't that marvellous? You know, it really drives it home. Now, Maury, she's an excellent speaker as well, but she, is, she gets really worked up about the Bree joke, and who wouldn't? 
um, just really, really special. And it should be said too that there's a bit of it that for the girls in Inishmion, they used to have a secondary school on the island. So when girls left primary school and left the breed dog behind them, they often left the island. They had to go to secondary school maybe in Spiddle. So the breed dog really is such a symbol of their youth and their time on the island because often they went to secondary school and never came back. They might go and do study somewhere else, they might get married, they might settle somewhere else, and they would never live full time again on the island, apart from the days of their youth, which were so wrapped up in the breed oak. Then the last bit, this idea of ig imert breed oak really stood out to me because I would have thought, you know, ig imacht leshen breed oak, going with the breed oak, but people, the women would say again and again and again, and it was coming up the transcripts, ig imert breed oak, so playing breed oaks, which is a funny way to say, you know, bringing a blessing from house to house. And there's this theory, which my excellent advisor, Tyber Falset, directed me to, um, about play element in culture and society. And I have a few quotes from it here. So about ritual. Ritual is seriousness at its highest and holiest, but can it still be play? We begin by saying that all play, both of children and of grown-ups, can be performed in the most perfect seriousness. At the great seasonal festivals, the community celebrates the grand happenings in the life of nature by staging sacred performances, which repeat the change of seasons. Ringing a lot of bells? I think so. I love this bit too. So the participants in the rite are convinced that the action actualizes and affects a definite beautification, brings about an order of things higher than that in which they customarily live. But with the end of the play, its effect is not lost. Rather, it continues to shed its radiance on the ordinary world outside until the sacred play season comes around again. And I couldn't believe it. You know, it's just bang on the nail. It's play, it's fun, it's wild. It's something so out of the ordinary and everything is topsy-turvy. All of a sudden, little girls who might normally be at the bottom of the food chain are king of the island for the day. You know, the excitement and the magic and the... The out-of-the-ordinariness of all of that really, really adds to the occasion, even though it's such a big task. And again, normally you would only give a menial task to a girl of primary school age, and all of a sudden, she's got the most important job in the whole island, bringing a sacred blessing from house to house. And like that, they're buzzing to get their few pennies, they're buzzing to get their pockets filled with sweets, but they know that they can't miss a house because people will be disappointed. They understand the sacred importance of it. And then, a play community generally tends to become permanent even after the game is over. The feeling of being apart together in an exceptional situation, of sharing something important, of mutually withdrawing from the rest of the world and rejecting the usual norms, retains its magic beyond the duration of the individual game. So that would explain why the breed joke still going strong in Inishmion. They're all talking about it already. The little girls are practicing. It's a big excitement, you know, for how many years, as long as anyone can remember. And really, when you look at it in its context and how much it means to people, it's no wonder that it still exists there when in other places it has died away. So I just want to look at this picture again because before I had read that theory, I was like in the bed at night, you know, and I was thinking like, what is it, you know, why... Why does she mean so much to people here? And then I thought, it's because Breed is their best friend. You know, from when they're so young. And I look at this picture, and if you just imagine, like the Breed Oak, she's made 
from materials grown on the island. Everything she wore traditionally would have probably been made by a woman from the island, filled with straw grown on the island, put together wearing their own dresses. So she looks like a little girl from Inishmiyan. She's wearing their clothes. She styles her hair and ribbons the same way. I mean, they used to be massive as well, the Brie jokes. So they could actually be the same size as a little girl from Inishmiyan. And so rather than, I suppose, the first contact that a lot of people would have with St. Bridget would be maybe in school or you hear a legend and she's this otherworldly, magic, big figure, you know, to be revered. Whereas in Inishmiyan, she's their pal, you know? And they're going around having this magical time together once a year. Of course, that first reaction and that first connection with her would stay with people through their lives. And I just think this picture, don't they look as if like they're three best friends walking down the road or like she's their little sister going with them through life. I don't know, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I just think it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So gorgeous fad seal. It's a lifelong friendship as opposed to anything else, in my opinion. So Tauhi Nadradashun, just to wrap things up. Um, they seem to be, as we see looking at the Breedog, very strong. The only problem is, and it's a problem everywhere and in all the islands in Ireland, I suppose, is the reducing population. We're all affected by the housing crisis. If people can't get a house to live in, they can't move there, raise their children. There won't be any new generation to carry on and things like that, and that is a problem. And we see that coming up in Parsi interviews. So growing here again, what it said, 2050 could be like the blaskets, you know, but at the end of the day, it's young people that will keep things going and people need to come home to the islands, in her opinion. But again, I mean, housing is just <laughs> dreadful. Um, for instance, 28% of the houses on Inishmion, 38 houses are empty. No deeds to be found, owned by someone in America, won't be rented, falling to pieces, same story all over the country, you know, and 34% um, of the population as well is over 65 years. So it's an aging population, it's a serious problem, but the belief is still there. And you can see that as well when you talk to people. So things are changed a lot. Ah, ni chapin gunnimo, no snim rejoki, ni chapin, a adds ta kalini bugger, sinoit. I wouldn't think now that this tradition will ever go as long as there's girls on the island, the Brie will live on. Oh, oh, it will. It will last forever. This tradition will be here forever as long as there's people on the island. Then it's part of our heritage. It's part of our tradition. And we take it with us no matter where we go. Oh my God, so just really, it's, it's really special. Um, even though some of the traditions are going, I hope not. I hope that this tradition and our traditions about Nave Breed will never leave us. And they really don't seem to be on the way out at all. It's such an important time on the island. And it's, it's just wonderful to have been able to learn so much about it and to, to see it all happening and hopefully to watch it for another few years. So, Garmila Mahagui, we should go hall in the Bahamboy Darren.